Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. Welcome to episode 88 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown, in what would appear to be the first episode of a new decade. So I guess we'll begin by saying Happy New Year to all our listeners. Indeed, Happy New Year. Hi, I'm Callum. I'm over here. Happy New Year. Yeah, we also have a pair of games to be overly positive about. So as always, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by Callum to be overly positive about a five-win NFL team. Yeah, overly positive is right. I'm I'm here to, to be a voice of, uh, of good hope. Um, and and excitement and all of that stuff. Uh, I'm 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 heading happy into a new decade. Um, although I'm the one thing I'm disappointed about is it's now over two hundred days till the next Cardinals game. We've had football season now. We've got the waiting for football season season. Yeah, it's been obviously a while since uh, during the season since we've had uh, any sort of playoff hopes. But it is a little bit disappointing when the when the season ends in December. Yeah, I mean, there is the playoffs to go, but who really cares about them when your team is not in them? Well, you know, there's always the chance that the Patriots get humiliated like they did against the Dolphins, so stuff stuff like that's worth watching for. That's true, yeah, but you know, as long as the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl, I might actually watch this year. I think you posted on the British Bird Gang Twitter account that was sort of saying like, ah, yeah, um, you know, any Super Bowl that is the Patriots versus either the Niners or the Seahawks, you would just be going for an early bed for and uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine I'd be particularly looking forward to any um, to any Patriots Super Bowl anyway. Definitely not the Seahawks either. We still do have a few weeks before the Super Bowl actually happens, though, so anything can happen in that time. That's very true, yeah. Um, and we've got lots on, actually, still with the British Bird Gang, to be fair. I mean, the, the Arizona Cardinals season may be over, but ours isn't. We've got, you know, some news to talk about. We've got a couple games to recap. Heck, we've even got the uh, the British Bird Gang Awards to talk about. And we've also got the Bird Gang Bowl. And the Bird Gang Bowl, yeah, that's all wrapped up now as well. well an exciting time of year, really. I don't even know where to start. Well, I think the obvious one to start would be on the news, which has been, been kept in the back pocket over the Christmas period. It seems we haven't had an episode. We got we got a couple of chunks of news to be getting out. Obviously, uh, well, with none of the Cardinals going to the Super Bowl, um, it means that they were eligible for the Pro Bowl. Yep, and even with a disappointing season as what we've had, it's good to see a couple of Cardinals recognised with selection to the 2019 Pro Bowl. Outside linebacker Chandler Jones and safety Buda Baker are heading to, is it Hawaii or wherever they have these days? Um, it's it's in Florida now, which is um, a lot less uh, a lot less grand and a lot less exciting, I think. But um, you know, fair play, and and obviously Chandler Jones has had like a you know top of the NFL caliber season, um, and Buddha Baker's had some like really really solid play and and shown a lot of improvement as well, which is really nice. Um, so I'm you know I'm really happy that those two guys got the recognition to get in. I mean, I still won't watch the Pro Bowl, but, you know, it's good to see them recognised for it. No, I don't tend to watch the Pro Bowl, but the skills challenges are worth watching. I would definitely recommend tuning in for those. Yeah, I mean, they could have other Cardinals taking part in the Pro Bowl, you know, with alternates and all that. 
with people dropping out due to injury or just can't be asked sort of thing. I was going to say, and a lot of people dropping out due to the fact that they don't want to go to Florida instead. Yep, so we got three alternates as well. Kyler Murray, St. Gonzalez, and special teamer Dennis Gardeck. I would definitely say that I would not be too happy to see Kyler Murray go and play in the Pro Bowl. Like, I know injuries are rare there, and I know he's got a long time till next season, but the last thing I would want to see is him pick up, like, some kind of niggling ankle injury or, or like, hip flexor injury or something like that when he's out there. Plus, he's hamstrung at the moment as well. That's true, yeah. He might even just get out based on that alone. We should probably talk about the couple of games we've had, though, to wrap up the season, because, you know, we missed last week's episode when we could have talked about one game, so we'll just make it into one thing now. We'll just double it up. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I've got to say, though, I'm I'm quite gutted I missed last week's episode because I was really, really excited to talk about that Seahawks game, and I'm still excited to talk about it, to be honest. Yep, so that game we're talking about is the Cardinals 27, the Seahawks 13, which is one of the biggest upsets of the season. Can you you read that scoreline out again, just for for my own uh, pleasure? I'll get Google to do it. Hey Google, what was the score when the Arizona Cardinals played the Seattle Seahawks? On the 22nd of December 2019, the Cardinals played the Seahawks. The final score was 27-13 to Cardinals. Very exciting game actually, and and as you said, uh, probably one of the bigger upsets of the season because the Seahawks have been playing extremely well. Yeah, and also with the NFL Pick'em game, the Cardinals were on 1% of the vote. I mean that's not surprising. I think at the time the Seahawks were pretty much on for you know they were they were being for number one seed in the NFC. Exactly, and then obviously they lost it due to losing to the San Francisco Forty ers Lost to us, and then lost to the Forty ers to lose out on the season, and and I think so that loses them both a bye week and a home field advantage. I think it does. Yeah, they're on the road this weekend. I think it's against Philadelphia. Yeah, which should be interesting at least. I mean. Uh, Go Philly for sure, but uh, yeah, it should at least make for a good game. With this being a new year, we're going to leave out the negative parts for these games. So just talking about positives because who cares about negatives really? Yeah, to be honest though, I didn't really come up with too many negatives for the Seahawks game at least. I mean, positives were were pretty much all I had because I was in such a good mood after uh, after winning. I did have a couple of negatives down for this game, but they were silly ones like Kyler Murray picking up an injury. Yeah, and it turns out that that wasn't too serious in the end after all. And the fact that we won did push us to ninth in the draft order at that point. Yes, but then we got pushed back to eighth as well, I believe. So even even the negatives were able to be countered. Precisely. So, you know, let's get on to the positives from that game. Besides, you know, obviously beating the Seahawks in Seattle, like we seem to do quite a lot these days. I know, right? It's it's quite spooky, almost how uh, you know how poorly we tend to play against them in Arizona, and then how well we tend to play against them in December in Seattle, which is like when you'd expect it to be at its worst. But no, played really well. Um, the first positive we've got down is Chandler Jones because that man can play, and he was getting right through to Russell Wilson a lot. Exactly, yeah, the huge game against Seattle with six total tackles, four sacks and two forced fumbles. <laughs> and and I see you've also written down a partridge in a pear tree, which is, you know, less appropriate because it's less Christmassy now. But yeah, definitely, he had big numbers in that game. That slipped through the editing that did. <laughs> it was accidental left in. Accidental Christmas jokes left in the script. Professionalism. 
Well, that if, if people don't tune in for our professionalism, I don't know what they're tuning in for. I'm sure they have their reasons. <laughs> um, no, there, there was a lot of people sort of saying like, oh, well, he was against the backup lineman and, you know, maybe he didn't actually have that good a game. Maybe the lineman just had a terrible game. But yeah, I don't see any reason to downplay it, to be honest. Obviously, that would help playing against a backup tackle, but... You know, you can only beat what's in front of him, and he was beating him all game. So, you know. And the thing is, as well, is that, you know, when you're talking about getting four sacks on Russell Wilson, it's not just about an offensive line because Russell Wilson has been playing against an at the best patchy offensive line for pretty much his whole time in Seattle. And he's been, you know, he's he's been able to avoid sacks the vast majority of that time because he's been able to get out of the way. But I think, you know, with what Chandler Jones was doing is he was not only not only beating the guy in front of him, but he was then getting across the space quickly to the you know point of being able to tackle Russell Wilson, which is no mean feat. I mean, he always seems to have a decent game against Russell Wilson anyway. He seems to always be able to get to him regardless. I, I wonder if this year as well it's even better because he's been able to practice against Kyler Murray. It did also take him at, at the time to be the league leader in sacks with 19 for the season, which also broke his franchise record of 17 from last season. Yeah. I mean, dude's been on fire this season, really. And I think we'll be talking about him potentially next week in the uh, British Bird Gang Awards. Um, But, you know, the fact that he was NFL leader, I think, unfortunately, in the end, um, he was he was beaten out of the actual league leader in number of sacks. Yeah, by half a sack it was. Oh, that's actually heartbreaking. To Shaquille Barrett of Tampa Bay. Yep. Oh, that, I mean, it's a, it's a shame, but do you know what? He beat his own franchise record from last season, you know, 17 to 19. And, and really, if anything, <laughs> if anything sort of says that the uh, Chandler Jones trade was a good thing. It's the fact that he's breaking his own franchise record season upon season. I'd be happy to see him do it again next season, to be fair. I mean, if he can get up like 20 sacks or something like that, I would be that would be spectacular. And of course, he did win the British Bergang Player of the Game Award for the third time this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't say I'm surprised. This, this, one, this Player of the Game Award was quite close for me because there's... Somebody else that we'll be talking about shortly who I also think would have been good in the running for it. Can you remember how close this one was? I probably could just look it up right now. Go go on then. Let's uh, We'll insert some waiting music or something like that. I mean, it'll be seamless by the time I get to editing you. The, this gap will be completely gone. Seamless editing, as it is. As it always shall be. It's all good. I'm going to text somebody and see if they'll bring me an iron brew, because I'm in Scotland, so I might as well. When in Scotland... It wasn't really that close after all, really, because Chandler Jones finished with 60% of the vote compared to Kenyon Drake's 31%, which I assume is the other guy you were talking about. It is the other guy I was talking about. And and to be honest, I, that's a lot uh, less close than I would have suspected, actually. I think he does bring us on to the run game, though, because you know that could be our next positive to talk about. Well, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, run game, what a run game. And, and it started early. Was it like our second drive or something like that? A Kenyon Drake eighty-yard rushing touchdown early on in the game. That I think that was that was I think that was our first touchdown. It was yeah, and three times this season the Cardinals have rushed for two hundred plus yards, and in those three games they managed to be three and zero. It's it's an interesting thing to see. You know, it's just like clearly when they're running the ball well, 
it's games that they're winning. And I, I don't think it's necessarily against teams with poor run defenses. I think it's just good play calling and um, excellent running from Kenyon Drake. Nobody expected this from Cliff's air raid, though, did they? It's now a run raid offense. I'm, I was actually trying to work that out because it, the, at some point the media switched to using the phrase run raid, and I can't work out exactly when it was. I think it's just been throughout because they've actually ran the ball pretty well this season, which I think is probably credit to the offensive line staying like healthy for the whole season. Like That'll be a, a season positive for me. I think we had the, the basically the same... Or four of this, or four of the five guys started every single game, which is wonderful. And as well with Kenyon Drake, he has more one hundred plus yards rushing games in seven with the Cardinals than he had in fifty four games with the Dolphins. It's unbelievable, actually, to think about it. I mean, the change in how he played between you know leaving Miami and coming to Arizona was quite spectacular. Actually, it just goes to show that he wasn't being utilized correctly. I mean, they gave the job to Kalen Bullard instead, and he averaged like one yard a carry, so it says a lot about Miami. Yeah, they were running all over the place in Miami, and they were giving it to lots of different runners and all that sort of stuff. And to be fair, we are, you know, in, in a lot of ways still a bit of a running back by committee, but Kenyon Drake really emerged as the star, like the star. I mean, it does say a lot about Miami as well, that the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick ended their season as the leading rusher. Oh, ouch. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, their season was like an absolute uh, horrible fire. It's true, yeah. My my iron brew has been delivered. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. So we've got another stat about uh, Kenyon Drake. Yep, he managed to hit 21.13 mile an hour in his 80-yard touchdown run, which was the fastest ball carrier of the weekend. It's quite unbelievable, isn't it? Like, I love having these stats as well. And uh, it goes to show that he does actually have that straight line speed. Um, I think he had a reasonably quick 40-yard dash time as well. I was trying to look up, you know, sort of, is Kenyon Drake the, like particularly fast or whatever, or is he just a hard runner? And he's actually doing both extremely well at the moment. Kenyon Drake's 40 time was 4.45 seconds. <laughs> Are you just like checking checking extra stats and stuff like that? I mean, four point forty is fast. Four point four five. That was four point four five. Yeah. And also another useless statistic before we get onto the final positive from this game. For the first time in franchise history, the Cardinals finished the season with a five yard per carry average in the run game. For the first time in franchise history. Wow. I mean, like. The thing is, is when you start talking about franchise history with the Cardinals, it's, it is totally different to other teams because it really is like a more than 100-year history. It is. It's mental to think of that. But, I mean, it does help when you've got a running quarterback like Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's a big change. And on to our last positive from this game, I've got the defense, which, you know, actually makes a change this season, mentioning the defense as a positive. Absolutely. And, and this defense, you know, the thing is, is, is their offense was beat up and they had a lot of injuries going on. But at the end of the day, they're an offense that's heading to the postseason. You know, it, it's, they've had an excellent season so far. And for the fact that we were able to hold them to 13 points, that's insane. I think it's a bit harsh to say about them having injuries, though, because he didn't go into the game. It was playing the Cardinals, actually got the injuries. We actually injured them. Yeah, that's true. We did we did do a lot of the injuring. Although I do believe that the Seahawks have had like 
um, an unprecedented amount of soft tissue injuries this season. So, um, you know, I don't think it's just us. I think you could blame Buddha Baker for most of them, though. I think he knocked out Chris Carson and CJ Procise. Buddha Baker had such a game, didn't he? He was all over the place. And yet he only got 6% of the player of the game vote. People just don't watch football, do they? <laughs> to be like, I think it's to, especially in the secondary and stuff like that, it can be hard to notice exactly who made the tackle. And especially if you're watching the game, you you know they it tend to they tend to not mention the guys who are making the tackle as much as they mention the guy who has been tackled. I mean, when he's knocking the fuck out of people, you know, people notice that. That's true, yeah. And it is um, it is hard-hitting football that he's playing, and I love watching it. It's so exciting. I mean, it has also forced Seattle to exhume the corpse of Marshawn Lynch for the playoff. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what the hell were they doing there? It's That's like, you know, was it Chris Carson and CJ Prosai, Prosai? out of the game as well and and yeah now it's genuinely getting to the point where like emergency bringing guys out of retirement and of course with that game they held a decent tight end pretty quiet and they also held dk metcalf to zero catches i think tyler lockett only had the one yeah definitely i mean that, that's the thing is like the the secondary was keeping the receivers quiet Meanwhile, the defensive line was just like bullying Russell Wilson. And um, yeah, just it really broke down their offense. It was a good game to watch, though, from our perspective. It was a good game to watch, and it did look like Seattle could have come back into it at any minute, right up until the very last, you know, until we got into victory formation. It was never quite sealed. It was been a bad season, too. We not really had victory formation that often. No, so that was only our second victory formation all season. We'll take it, though. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you get into victory formation, I think it's uh, it's a good one. And, you know, in the end, we're only at what a f- was, yeah, we've not had many wins to even get into victory formation for anyway. But shall we move on to the other game of this episode to recap that one? This one, a bit less exciting, I gotta say. That's true, yes, but do we remember the score or should we ask Google again? <laughs> Go on then, let's ask Google. Add a new toy. I'll keep playing with it. <laughs> hey, Google. What was the score when the LA Rams played the Arizona Cardinals? The Rams won 31-24 last Sunday against the Cardinals. I believe you're a liar, Google. <laughs> so when does the check from Google come in for the uh, for the sponsorship there? It probably never does, sadly. Unfortunately not. But, you know, there was some positives to take from the loss. I mean, I'm, I'm all for getting rid of the negatives, at least for now. But, um, yeah, not not as quite as good a game to watch, but... Uh, at least, you know, this time with this visit to LA compared to last year's, we actually scored some points um, and didn't just get into their half one time in the entire game, as happened in the Rosen era. Exactly, you know, scoring points against LA is a positive just for us in general. Absolutely. Given the fact that we've lost the last five games against them by a combined total of like 100 plus points. I know, it's been insane. I did actually see the accurate number, but I didn't note it down and I couldn't find it again. No, it's 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 a huge number that we've lost by over the last couple of games. And, you know, last year can be forgiven because we were in the Rosen era and they were like a Super Bowl run team. But in years before that, you know, the the last two years before that, they it was shocking really how we were losing against them. And even in one of our sort of seasons where we're making a run for it, we're losing against the Rams and for some reason, like Seattle to Arizona in Seattle, 
the Cardinals just have like a bit of a hurdle when it comes to the Rams. Wherever they play them, you know, LA, Arizona, London. Yeah, absolutely. Although we don't talk about that one, so... Yeah, I mean, losing by seven points, you know, it's actually a positive for once. I'll take it as a positive, you know, and especially I think with this game, it was a little bit of, of a situation of everyone knowing it's the end of the season. And to me, it felt like a wind down game. You know, like when you're in high school and like the last couple of classes before Christmas are just you messing about. That's what it felt like. I think that was most classes every single day of every year. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's like work right before Christmas then. You know, just everyone chilling out. You answer a few emails, organize your desk, whatever. Several times, you know, got to change it all up. Yeah, yeah, like reorganize everything. But that's that's kind of how it felt. And, and you know, uh, well, actually, speaking of reorganizing and shuffling about, uh, at least we saw Kyler Murray start it, you know, which means he started his full rookie season. That's good. Because that was not a, not a given yeah, I mean, even with his dodgy hamstring, he still managed to rack up 325 passing yards with two touchdowns and two interceptions to round off a very impressive rookie season. Good numbers. All, like Obviously, the two interceptions were a bit of a shame, but he looked like he was playing well, You know, especially given that he was, was kind of questionable for during the week. Um, good to see him out on the field. Good to see him actually um, ready to play. Uh, and it puts me puts a lot of faith in the future, you know, him being able to come back from a small niggling injury like that well. Yeah, and of course, you know, we did lose his not having lost a fumble record with two in that game. It's a bit harsh to actually blame him for them. Yeah, the the bad snap one, at least, for sure, that's definitely not on Kyler. It's like, it might be on the record as being his problem, but it's not his problem, really. And also, Ka- Kenyon Drake fumbled one. I think it was Kenyon Drake. You know, his inability to catch a punt, a pitch rather. It was like a, a, a sort of flea flicker type manoeuvre they went for, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I think giving Kyler blame for that, just, you know, I think it's a bit wrong. It is a bit wrong, but unfortunately the stats kind of have to go somewhere and, you know, they've got no room for nuance. But, you know, I think at this point he doesn't really care about the little stats like that. He, he cares about wins. And, you know, given that in a lot of ways he hadn't really lost before coming to Arizona you know I think that he's uh, his, his rookie season it could have gone worse let's be let's put it that way yeah but I mean to be fair he's had a really good rookie season hasn't he oh definitely and his personal numbers he's got to be a front runner for offensive rookie of the year as well in fact he should actually win it hands down compared to who he's up against but we are biased we we are indeed biased but I've got to say the people on Twitter that are saying that he absolutely shouldn't win and that he's awful and all this sort of stuff. I don't know what the hell they're looking at. I saw one clown today saying he, he shouldn't even be top three. It's like, what the fuck's that? <laughs> it's spectacular seeing what, how people come up with that. And, you know, especially given that this is a, a, you know, an award that's pretty much ready made for a new QB. They'll be saying it should be Daniel Jones winning it, not Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah, well, people will say anything that means that they, you know, if they, if they can try and prove Kyler Murray's a bust in some way or other, they love to do it. So let's see where they get up to that. But uh, I mean, yeah, general generally as a Kyler Murray game, I was reasonably satisfied. Good to see him out. Good to see him, you know, um, work through the injury quickly. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see another full season from him next year. 
It was kind of a surprise to see who won the British Bird Gang Player of the Game poll for this game, though. Who was the actual winner? Well, I mean, if we were at week one of the season and I told you that at one week of this season, a guy called Dan Arnold would win Player of the Game, you'd be laughing, wouldn't you? You'd wonder who the hell Dan Arnold is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, he did have a decent game, tight end Dan Arnold. Well, um, was it was it one touchdown or two that he got? It was just the one he had, but it was another good one. Not as good as his first one for us in the back corner of the end zone, but... Yeah, but it was. It was nice, right down the middle, um, good solid catch, and, and, you know, it's nice to see the Cardinals actually using a tight end. But not using him so much that he manages to reach 100 yards, of which we still wait for another year for that to happen. Yeah, we're uh, we're still still low on that. But, you know, he was about the place he was using his height. Whether he was player of the game or not, I'm not sure. But, well, he obviously won it, but um, by quite some margin, I think, right? It was actually pretty close, actually, in this one. Dan Arnold finished with 44% of the vote. Kyle Murray was second with 29%. And Demir Bird finished with 21%. Okay, that's closer than I thought. But, you know, still winning by like 15% or so is uh, is pretty solid. It should have been Kyler, so, but, you know. I think people get almost bored voting for Kyler every week, you know. Um, but he's got to be in there because at least, you know, every game that we've won and every game that it's been close, he's played well. Exactly, but, you know, I think he deserved it given the performance and given the fact he wasn't actually 100%. Oh yeah, absolutely. But no, I mean, uh, it was a bit of a sh- like. It would be really nice if we could have finished the season on the high of the Seahawks game. But honestly, you know, playing okay against the Rams was fine by me. I suppose we do have to listen to the will of the people as well when it comes to these sort of votes. <laughs> we do, unfortunately, as as has been proven a, a couple times in the past decade. We just have to listen to people about it. It'd be the same with the Bird Gang Awards, but we'll get onto them in a little bit because we've got a couple more things before that, including our season prediction results. Yeah, one of the first things is, is uh, back in before week one, Tom, you and I sat down and we made some predictions and you had a big old spreadsheet full of them, right? I did, yes, and the spreadsheet's actually available online, should anyone wish to see it all. If you don't want to bother seeing it, the fact was I won 8-3 overall. There, there was a couple of ties in there, and there was there were some spectacularly blown ones, but there were some that were uh, were quite close, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I had managed to get one spot on, which was Larry Fitzgerald's seventy five receptions. You managed to get yep. one spot on with Kyler's twelve interceptions. Yeah, you know, I thought one interception per week, you know, on average. Fitz's receptions, I think I was way off. I think I might have put Fitz's receptions down at like it was forty seven. You went for. I was at 47, yeah, okay. But no, it was uh, that was good fun. and uh, There were three ties as well, yes. The season record and also Kyler's rushing touchdowns. He finished with four, but we went for five and three respectively, so seemed right to tie that. Yep, the season record one is kind of hilarious as well because it's got that the half win in there, the, the draw, and I think we were one, like we were above and below the draw respectively, right? Yeah, because I went 5 and 11, you went 6 and 10. And we basically called it 5.5, 10.5. So we're literally right in the middle. Which is quite spooky, actually. It is. It's just weird how things like that happen. I I was only 28 yards away from perfectly predicting Kyler's passing yardage. Which is quite quite spectacularly close, really. And of course, David Johnson sucks. He was nowhere near either of our predictions. 
nowhere near anyone's prediction in the, in the start of the season. You know, he was just uh, such a bust this season. And also Terrell Suggs, he was useless. I don't know what happened to Terrell Suggs because he was like doing pretty well through like four or five games. He was pretty much keeping up with Chandler Jones in terms of number of sacks and, and then nothing. You know, now he's released. So decent season predictions all round, I would say. Be looking forward to doing that again next season, maybe with a few different yeah. ones. We'll have to come up with some new categories. Maybe we can do some uh, some asking around for categories during the summer once everyone's bored and waiting for football to happen. Exactly. We might not need a Larry Fitzgerald one. Well, well, you know, if anything happens on that news front, I think we might have to do a special episode. How dare anyone come up with such slander? Speaking of slander, none of our cursing really worked this year in the in the bird gang bowl. No, definitely not in the bird gang bowl because. Of the eight individual league title winners, we finally have a Birdgang Bowl 7 champion. Have, have you announced it on Twitter yet? You have, right? Yeah, I did that on Monday afternoon after working it all out. It was pretty one-sided, to be fair. Well, uh, you know, big big uh, congratulations to Cliff's Notes, um, who were uh, run by Jasper, who, who took, well, the overall title for this year's Birdgang Bowl. Yeah, we finished with 184.9 points. From week 17. So solid. Especially considering week 17 and so many players don't even play. Exactly, yeah. It makes it a really difficult one to uh, to, to be able to call. But And like a lot of them as well, you know, there's, there's games that are deliberately being tanked. There's games that are by teams who, you know, already have uh, their position set and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, big congratulations. Plenty of players got rested in that week. So a few players ended up with zero points from people. But not much you can do about that. Wouldn't have made a difference. Still, uh, congratulations to all the individual league winners. There was Jasper, obviously, of uh, Cliff's Notes and uh, Warren of Staines Cardinals. Yep, there was Shane from Fits and Pieces, David Johns's Easy Peasy JR Sweezy, Maurice Mintz from Luke. Yep, Dean's Air Raid Zona Cardinals and John's Fits of Kind of Magic, as well as Robert's Kiss from a Rosen. He shouldn't have been in anyway. I was going to say he needs to be disqualified for having last year's pun in there. But, you know, uh, congratulations to all those guys anyway. Really well played. And uh, obviously, big congratulations to Jasper for being the overall winner. Yeah, 2020 needs better puns. <laughs> it does need better puns. I feel like we need to put to set like a pun barrier. As in, like, to get into the league, you need to prove your pun chops. I've already got two ready for next year. But I'm not sharing them. Best hold on to them. Put them in a put them on a, a corkboard somewhere. It's on my Google Keep account. It's fine. <laughs> Just heading away, ready for uh, ready for next year. I suppose we also have to talk about the Dynasty League final. What happened to you there, Tom? I know it was just horrible, an awful final from my perspective. It was an absolute massacre. I know Deontay Johnson was the only one worth talking about with twenty plus points. As we lost by nearly 100 points to Murray Mintz. Luke definitely deserves the win there. I could say nearly 100 points because it wasn't just... It was like 99.6, so it wasn't quite 100. Um, no, very, pretty intense, and uh, I guess that means the trophy will be ling- winging its way towards Luke pretty soon. I think three trophies after all, because he's got the league winner, obviously. Well, Division 2 winner. And yep. highest scorer. Oh, did he get highest scorer as well? Yeah, for the regular season. You get something for that, I'm not sure what, but we'll figure it out. Will you make yourself a little runners-up trophy? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a runners-up trophy to go with my school's Fantasy League 2004-5 <laughs> winner's medal. <laughs> I'll have something on my shelf. 
Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and yeah, obviously the wooden spoon's already been decided for that league, and I, I missed out on it, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, I mean, they'll all get purchased eventually. Because I've, you know, just got to wait for New Year to be over when delivery's back to normal, that sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. Wait, well, wait till everyone's back to work, you know. And of course, speaking of awards, it's also British Beer Gang Awards season. Everyone's favourite time of the year. A uh, record number of votes cast so far, right? Well, I mean, last year we had 212 in total, and we're not that far behind, actually, already, after just a couple of days being live. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a good one, a good set of awards this year. Uh, some ones that were quite difficult to choose through, I think. Yeah, we've got the usual categories, such as Goat of the Season, Match of the Year, Veteran Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. And the most important one, British Beer Gang MVP, which isn't going the yeah. way I think it should. Of course, as well, the uh, note for Goat of the Season is the British Bird Gang Goat of the Season Award. So it's not the greatest of all time of the season. It was the Goat of the Season. Obviously, I think people deserve to be mentioned in that one. You know, failures of a season, I guess, in there. Yeah, Patrick Peterson, Terrell Suggs, Justin Murray, David Johnson, Tremaine Brock, Darius Filan. And, of course, I made a mistake and option seven happened to be a thingy. And two people voted for that because they're comedians. Oh, brilliant. I don't know what option seven is, but, you know, I think it could be those people who voted for that. Yeah, okay. If you vote for option seven, you're voting for yourself. I think that's fair. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not going to win anyway. But it's close in that one. So, don't know who's winning that. When I sort of got that one up, I was like, well you know, any of these guys could arguably be the one. And I think I'm happy with my selection, but um, we can talk about that next week once the polls close. And obviously when we've got like all the award votes counted, verified, all that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's lots of maths to be done in the meantime. Even though Google's doing all of it for me. Exactly. This podcast isn't actually sponsored by Google, but I seem to have mentioned them several times. <laughs> you know, if we keep mentioning them, they will, they'll give us money eventually, I'm sure. You might listen to us and boost us in the rankings, so, you know. Oh, yeah, okay, that's a good point. I wonder if you can ask a Google Home to play the podcast. Hey, Google, play the British Bird Gang Breakdown. I looked for the British Bird and Break, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Ah, oh, she didn't hear you properly. Play the British Bird Gang Breakdown. I looked for the British Bird Gang Breakdown, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Stupid Google, it's going back. Okay, Google. Play the British Bird Gang Breakdown podcast. Okay, here's the latest episode of British Bird Gang Breakdown. E87, you've lost that losing feeling. Oh, there you go. It did the thing. It did the thing. It actually reads out the title, which means it's not a waste of time. <laughs> we can we can include that in the in the end notes of the show now. And don't forget to ask you to say to your smart speaker to play British Bird Gang Breakdown. I bet Alexa would do it. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that later. We've had our fun with the speakers though. So. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Get get voting in the British Bird Gang Awards if you haven't already. The links are on their Facebook page in the Facebook group and also pinned to at British Bird Gang on Twitter. So you know if you're not following in on that, go follow it already. Are you starting the plugs early? I mean, if I mention them now, I don't need to plug them again, do I? That's true, yeah, that is true. Well, I guess we might as well finish up because um, I'm excited for finding out about the uh, the results next week. Well, we've got that in next week's episode, plus our season review, breaking down the season sort of thing, maybe even answering a few questions if people can be bothered to ask them. 
we'll see. And uh, yeah, potentially a couple bits and pieces of news. But um, until then, I guess that's us. Yep, until next week. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Cheerio and uh, cheerio to the 2019 season. Thank God for that. (laughs) Here's to 2020.